The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hello. Welcome to the show today. I'm so glad you could join me. I'm Diane Ray. Thanks for being present. Hopefully you're joining me live here today, or maybe you're getting the podcast later on your favorite podcast app. However you join me, welcome. So today is a very special show for a couple of reasons. Just, I really believe in divine timing, and sometimes people come across my path at just the right time. And when I first booked my guest for today, Karen Anderson, for the show, I didn't know at the time that this interview would be very special and would really come in divine timing for me. And I'm a big animal lover, and if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, I'm sure you are too, because <laughs> I post, you know, pictures of animals, my pets, friends, pets, you know, I, I just love them. You know, all of my friends and listeners as well are all animal lovers and pet lovers. Well, about two weeks ago, I got some bad news about my 13 year old cat, Georgie. I have two cats, Georgie and Gracie, and he was diagnosed with renal failure. And my husband and I tried some heroic attempts at giving him subcutaneous fluids basically like kitty dialysis for his kidneys. And this whole process was so stressful for both of us, for all of us, for me, my husband, the cat. Uh, so basically we decided not to stress him out anymore. We tried a couple of times to do this. He wasn't having it. So we've kind of started kitty hospice and, you know, we're giving him lots of love and his favorite foods and, you know, painkillers, a little bit of uh, painkillers. If it looks like he might need it, we got some from the vet. So basically, you know, we've decided we don't want him to suffer. And when the time comes, we've made arrangements for a vet to come to the house for the euthanasia, which is something that they can do. Maybe some of you out there have experienced this service already. Well, you know, we're I'm heartbroken. My husband's heartbroken. You know, we've shed a lot of tears about this, but we believe we're doing the right thing. So when my husband saw who my guest was today, he asked me if I would be okay talking about this topic because we've both have been so emotional about this. And I said, yes. You know, I think more people should talk about end of life issues for humans and animals. And so it's perfect timing that I have Karen Anderson on today as my guest. And Karen is a best-selling author. She's a medium. She's a medium. 
an animal communicator, and she helps people cope with grief and loss. And she's the author of several books, including Here All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator, and The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. And she also teaches an online course in animal communication and is a private coach. And you can check her out online at animalcommunication.com. So I'm really happy and grateful to have Karen on the show today. So welcome, Karen. Thanks for joining me. Oh, Diane, thank you so much. I'm so sorry to hear that news. It's uh, it's kind of a devastating blow. It seems like, I don't know about you, but the older I get, the harder it is to say goodbye to my own. I don't know. There's something about like the mortality of it all. Um, I don't know. It's it's not getting any easier. Let me just no. put it that way. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. And even though you know in your heart and, you know, I spoke to the vet at length about it. My husband and I have talked about it. And you, you know you're doing the right thing and you want to do the best for the animal. But, yeah, it never is it never is easy and it never is easy to talk about these kind of issues and you know that I'm personally kind of going through something myself um you know I just I wanted to to share it and the fact that you were coming on here you know I know a lot of people go through this and they're they're dealing with this with their own pets and I think that you know after reading your book so I've been reading the book The Amazing Afterlife of Animals and I loved it loved the stories that you shared and I think it's great that you're on you know even for my own selfish reasons <laughs> that I get to talk to you as I'm going through this process but hopefully you know your story and the wisdom that you can share today will be helping a lot of the people that are listening too so I'm really grateful that you could come on so I wanted to find out how long have you been doing this work? Well, as a professional, I have about 23 years now, uh, going back to the late 90s when I didn't know it at the time, but I was on a path of spiritual awakening and I was thrust upon this line of work. It wasn't something I set out to do, but it was apparently my purpose in this lifetime. And um, I am happy to say that it has been the most incredible, amazing, humbling, fantastical, I love that word, fantastical, experience. And just the fact that I can help so many people who are struggling, who have lost a beloved pet, that that is my job and my purpose is to help them through one of the most difficult times of their life is so rewarding because the the healing that takes place, Diane, the healing from just one message, the healing from just understanding what happens to our pets when they leave their bodies, it's it's like it opens up a whole new perspective to someone who's in grief and someone who's in deep deep pain. So I'm I'm a I'm a 23 year. Are you still there? I am still here. We had a little oh, good. Okay. there. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a little blip, you know, and sometimes that since we're doing the show live, I'm like, oh, should I just keep talking? Or hopefully she didn't get get cut off. But I wanted to ask you, um, you know, a little bit about your gift and, and growing up, because you said in in the beginning that you weren't, you know, you didn't expect that you'd be doing this work. But reading your book, it seems like you were kind of on this path, because you have had an amazing connection with animals since a child, since you were young, and you've been able to do this for a long time. But I guess, I mean, obviously, you don't think that this is going to be your career, right, as as you're growing up. 
Well, no, I, I wanted to actually be a veterinarian, and then I found out that you had to operate on animals. I, so I said, no, I can't do that. And then I found out that you would have to, you know, euthanize animals. I said, no, I can't do that. So <laughs> a very at a very young age, I decided, you know, I know I'm going to be working with animals. I just didn't know in what capacity. And that's why, you know, looking back on it now, it all makes perfect sense. And I can see that the crazy path that I was on eventually led me here. But I never thought that I would be a professional animal communicator, a pet loss specialist. I never, ever thought that that's what I would be calling myself. So it's a strange turn of events, uh, but it, it is so rewarding and so fulfilling. And it's just an honor I'm a, I'm a messenger. I deliver message, messages, and it's such an honor to be able to share those very, very specific and detailed messages um, from the animals. It's, it's just mind-boggling. It blows my mind. I always say, as soon as my mind stops being blown is the day that I will stop doing this, but it's truly mind-boggling. And you're also able to connect with humans as well, right? I mean, we're talking about animals today, but you're able to share messages from people too. Is that right? Yes. And I have to say, I, was, I wasn't expecting that to happen because my whole goal, of course, was to communicate with animals. And the crazy thing that started happening was during my sessions, I, I do all my sessions over the phone or, you know, online over Zoom or whatever. But never um, in the beginning, it was not in person. But very early on, I would be conducting a session here in my office with a client on the phone and, and someone else would pop in. And at first, I it kind of weirded me out. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> who is that? And what are you doing here? And oh, my gosh, what do I do now? So I didn't quite know how to handle it, but I I realized over time and this happening over and over again that our pets our departed pets are in the same soul group as our departed human loved ones so they would often come through together i would see someone in in your soul group holding on to your pet or maybe a dog sitting next to one of your human loved ones or you know it's they would come through together. They saw this as an opportunity to get a message through to me because I had opened up that portal, so to speak, for them to come through, for the pet to come through. And they're opportunistic. So they see this opportunity, they pop in, they get a message through. And it, I was very reluctant at first because I never set out to be a human afterlife medium, but it just happened. And then I realized well, how fun is this? Everyone wants to know who their pets are with, right? I mean, we want to know who they're with. What are they doing over there on the other side? Where is the other side? You know, is it fun? Is it is it loving? Is it, you know, where is it? And all these questions. And I was getting all of those answers coming through because of the humans that would come through and also share messages uh, during the session. So it, the way that it evolved was really unique and really special. That's so fascinating. And you have such great stories that you share in the book. And if people are interested, you know, definitely pick this up. I, I really enjoyed reading it, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. And I wanted you to share a little bit, though, like, because since we're talking about, you know, humans and animals kind of coming through and, and sometimes maybe at the same time, that what I thought was so fascinating reading your book was about your experience working in law enforcement and how sometimes you would get information, you know, from animals about what they observed 
at the time of, of something happening and they would share this with you and you were able to close cases. But <laughs> that is really amazing. That that's so cool to be able to get that kind of information. Uh, so could you tell us a little bit about how that evolved, how you got involved in law enforcement? Absolutely. And you know, for many years I did not practice animal communication, so I could as a child. But I learned very early on that it wasn't, um, I, it was kind of frowned upon. My parents didn't know what to do with that, so they kind of discouraged me. So I, I turned it off and I kept it to myself and I basically forgot. I just kind of tucked it away. And it wasn't until many years later where I was in the mortgage industry and uh, for almost 20 years. And This has probably happened to some of your listeners. You're in this job. You're kind of relying upon that paycheck. It's a pretty good paycheck, so it's hard to change, you know, professions. But you're just not happy. You're you're not. You feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. No matter what you do, it just doesn't feel right. You just feel that you have a higher calling or another calling, or you get pulled in another direction. I always felt like I was supposed to be doing something else in the mortgage business. So it, it came to me. I had this epiphany. So you were leaving the mortgage business and you just you felt that that wasn't the place for you. And I, I can certainly share those those feelings, <laughs> you know, of jobs that I had that I just didn't feel were right for me. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, and that's I when you dropped out a little bit. All the time. Every company I ever worked for went out of business. I got fired one time. I mean, it was just horrible. It was a nightmare. So um, I had this epiphany that I needed to give something back. You know, I, I felt like this, there was something bigger and greater. I didn't know what it was, but I needed to give something back. So of all things, I started to volunteer at the animal control facility in the town that I lived in, in Bailey, Colorado. And I loved it. I loved volunteering, helping the animals. I'd go on ride-alongs with the animal control officers. I fell in love with helping animals in a code enforcement sort of way. Well, that's where I discovered law enforcement because I started riding along with the deputies. And I caught the bug. I caught the law enforcement bug. I just fell in love with that job and put myself through the police academy and graduated in the top of my class. There were four women in the entire class of uh, almost all men, and I graduated in the top. Um, and so that was kind of a shock because I was, I was kind of old at the time. I was 36, and you know everyone else was like right out of college, and here I was, this 36 year old. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I just felt like that's where I needed to be. So I went with it. And immediately fell in love with being a police officer. What a great job. What a thankless job. But wow, some incredible things started to happen. And Diane, that's where everything just snowballed as far as my intuition starting. That's where it all kicked in. That's where everything started to resurface. I started remembering how to communicate with animals. And as you said, I would be on a crime scene Uh, interviewing a victim and of all things their pets would start giving me information about what happened uh, and and where the bad guys were that's so great i love that story you share in the book of a guy that was hiding behind a shed or something (laughs) was was it the cat that said you know look look behind there and there he was i mean 
you know, you think you're going crazy, right? Here you're supposed to be a police officer. You're supposed to be, you know, serious and credible and, you know, take down the witness statement. And I'm standing there having this conversation with the victim and her kitty cat walks outside and looks right at me. And I hear the word inside, inside. And it was sitting right in front of a garden shed. And I thought, what in the world? What what are the chances? Could there possibly be the suspect hiding in there? I mean, what are the chances? So I went with that feeling. I went with it and I ordered the suspect to come out with his hands up. Sure enough, he was hiding in the shed. So that's, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. I thought I was going nuts. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was, you know, completely off my rocker, but it kept happening over and over again. And it was amazing how accurate these animals were. I mean, incredibly, animals were way more accurate than the humans that gave me eyewitness accounts. How scary is that? <laughs> That's so great. And uh, I, I hear your kitty in the background there, too. I know that's that's my Charlotte. She's like 17 (laughs) and she's partially deaf and she hears me in here talking. So she wants to come in and join us. We'll tell her to come on in. She can listen in. No, I think that's so great. And, you know, I'm sure there might be some people that are listening, kind of rolling their eyes like, oh, right. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, you really heard this animal convey to you information. But I, I believe it's true. I think that we develop these bonds with animals and I think we can communicate with them and also as you you teach you know you teach an online course that we can do this right I mean do you believe obviously some people have a higher sensitivity than others but do you believe all of us can you know form this kind of bond and communication and communicate with our animals I would say we we absolutely, everyone is born with the ability. Some people will never be able to sharpen those intuitive skills for whatever reason. Maybe it's their upbringing or their belief system. Um, Some are just not ready in this lifetime. They're not ready to grasp these other, if you want to refer to it as a wrap. For me anyway, it was... I, I didn't even know about the psychic realm. I, Like I said, I came from a financial background, so I wasn't into anything psychic at the time. It was a whole new world to me, but I fell in love with it. I fell in love with quantum physics. I fell in love with telepathy, which is the basis of animal communication. So anyone who's listening right now that's rolling your eyes, believe me, I've been there. I've been an eye roller. I've been a major <laughs> eye roller. I was a cop. I was a skeptic about everything. And I really had this total transformation happen when I experienced it myself. So my thought to you is, okay, for the eye rollers out there, experience it. Then you can continue to roll your eyes if you want to. But once you experience it, you will see the magic and what happens is incredible. And we all have the ability to remember how to communicate with animals. It's just a telepathic connection. There's nothing, uh, some people call it a gift. Um, I don't know about that. I think it is just a skill, just like tennis, just like playing the piano, just like uh, you know, learning how to sing. There's some people who are really good at those things, just natural ability, and then there's others who have to work really hard at it. I think animal communication is the same way. There's some people that just have a natural ability, and then others who have to really 
buckle down and study and work really hard. I'm talking with Karen Anderson. She's an animal communicator and author, and she's the author of a couple of really amazing books and the one that I've been reading this week, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. So I hope you get a chance to check that out. And hopefully during the show, we'll be able to take some calls if we get people calling in that have questions. And if you'd like to join the conversation, it's 816-251-3555 if you'd like to talk to Karen. And Karen, I wanted to ask you before we went to the break, we've got a couple of minutes, and you had mentioned telepathy, you know, as the foundation of animal communication. And when you had mentioned, uh, you know, the story about the the cat telling you where that person was hiding, when when you received that message, it was in the form of, you know, a picture, or how, how do you get that information from the animal? Well... It can be in several different ways. The most common way animals will send us a message is they'll flash an image in our mind or we'll get a feeling or a sense. Some people call it a knowing. And I have worked on my abilities so that I will hear them. So I'm mainly clairaudient, so I will hear them talking, but it's in my voice and in my head. So it would sound like a thought, just like if you had a thought right now about, you know, what you were going to have for dinner tonight or what you have to pick up from the grocery store or something like that. It's a thought, but it's in my voice, in my head, but it, it wasn't my thought. It wasn't what I was thinking at the time. When I was taking that victim statement, I was thinking about preparing the case and taking factual information. I wasn't thinking about where was this uh, perpetrator hiding. So that's how you can differentiate your own thought from a, a message from an animal. And and like you said, you get it as uh, a clear audience, so something that you're, you're kind of hearing. Right. Uh, I get it all different ways because some animals are better at sending images. Some are better at sending feelings. Some are better at sending me the clear audience messages. Um, some aren't good at any of that. <laughs> and it just depends. Every animal is different. So I have to prepare myself to be open to however they're going to send the message to me. So it's really like a, a balancing act of, you know, even if like as a, as a radio show host, I'm sure you can relate to this. There's some guests that are just really good at communicating their message and sharing their information. And then other guests struggle and you have to help them along a little bit. The same is true with animals. Some animals will send very easily messages, very, you know, instant messages. Other times it's a little bit more of a struggle everyone's different. Right. That's so true. And I have to thank you for sharing the actual word for sense, because I never knew the, that there was a word for like clear smelling. And there is. And I'm trying to remember exactly how to pronounce it. How would you pronounce that? The word Claire for clear aliens, I believe. Is Claire aliens. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Claire, and I, I have a good Claire story for you. If we have time, do we have time for a real quick one? So, you know, we there are the, the main clairs. Clairaudience is being able to hear. Clairvoyance is clear vision where we see things. Clairaliens is clear smelling. Well, I was really practicing on sharpening all of my clairs. There's actually one for clear tasting, and it's called clairgustance. Clairgustance. I'm probably saying that wrong. <laughs> anyway, I was practicing during a communication session one time, 
So we'll be back. We're going to try to reconnect with Karen and get a real strong signal here for the second segment. And if you would like to join us with a call or question, 816-251-3555. I'll be right back. Practical Spirituality positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me after the break. I'm Diane Ray with my guest today, Karen Anderson, and she's an author and animal communicator, and she's the author of several books, including the one that I've been reading, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. And we had a couple of uh, tech difficulties in the previous segment, so hopefully we won't have that now in the, the rest of the show. So, Karen, are you are you back? You with us? I am here. Yay! I apologize for uh, our our dropouts in the the previous segments, um, but we're just gonna we're gonna forge ahead. You're sounding good to me. So in in this part of the show, I wanted to kind of get into you know the real meat of what you do and talking about actual animal communication. And you touched on it a little bit in the second segment of what you what you see when the animal is actually communicating with you, how you receive those messages. And when you're in a session, you know, what happens during an actual session when someone contacts you to get a message from their pet? Well, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think that um, some people may think that it's just instant. Like I walk around and I can hear all the birds talking and the dogs and kitties in the neighborhood talking. And, you know, it just isn't like that. There's a, a tremendous amount of focus and preparation that goes into it and there's if you can imagine I have to really dial into that particular animals energy and I have to open up and listen and what happens is you start to get these feelings and impressions and sometimes I'll see like either a, a an image of something show up or sometimes I'll see like a mini movie playing in my head sometimes I'll just get an emotional feeling like either happiness or sadness or sorrow or whatever it is and what I do is I'm just a receiver. I receive all of that information and I jot it all down. This is even before the client even calls in for their appointment. I jot it all down. And then once I have that person on the phone with me, then I bring the animal's energy back in again and we answer whatever questions that they might have had or whatever their goals were for that particular session on that day. And then I share with them all of the information I got during the meditation and that's where some of the most amazing and incredible information comes through because I'm not really asking anything I'm just letting the animal share about whatever they want to talk about and honestly Diane sometimes that's way more interesting than <laughs> than what we want to know is what the animals want to talk about I mean wouldn't you love to know what is on your pet's mind and what's important to them Oh, absolutely. I mean, the only thing I can really get, I, I do get information from my pets, but usually it's treats. You know, like I have one that'll go right to the shelf, put her paw on the, you know, container. She knows what it looks like. If she had thumbs, she would open it and just right. get the treats herself. So I know exactly 
what she's talking about. So we, we have a, a pretty good bond. But for the people that call in today, we've got a couple of people that uh, are rolling in here. So you um, can't really do an actual reading over the phone, but you can answer questions and things like that. Yeah, I, I spend so much time in meditation with the pet. I really feel it's a disservice to the pet to do on-the-air readings because I need to be respectful to them and their needs. And it, that takes time. It takes time for me to open up a space and allow their energy to come through and get all gather all of their information because it, it doesn't all make sense. They may just give me one word or one image or one feeling and you know it takes uh, the client it takes me and it takes the animal all working together to understand what the message is and do the sessions go an hour or two hours or what what's the basic time of a session um well when i when I'm available for sessions, which I currently, my calendar is closed, but when I am available for sessions, uh, the most popular session is the 30-minute session, that, and that's for one animal. That gives enough time, and I usually start my meditation about 30 minutes before the call, so total time I'm with the animal is about an hour, 30 minutes of my own meditative time, and then 30 minutes on the phone with the client. And it's really this uh, incredible uh, fusing of everyone's energy and coming together with all this positive uh, energy swirling around us and, and understanding what the messages are. Because honestly, there can be things that I don't have a clue what they're talking about. You know, I don't know what your, the inside of your house looks like or your backyard or some of the things that they may see. You know, but I don't know. So I have to try to put the messages in a context that you understand that makes sense for you. So you just never know what they're going to talk about and what they're going to share. And it can just be incredible. Some of the details that they know about us, it, our health issues, they know about our relationship concerns. They know, you know, if you're having um, trouble with maybe your vision or your hearing, or maybe you have a leg problem or a lower back problem, the things that our pets know about us, is simply amazing. Yeah, that's in incredible that they would know health issues. That's really interesting. Let me uh, grab a call here. We've got some people rolling in, and let's let someone ask you a question. So I'm going to go to line one and grab Julie from Cal Judy. I'm sorry, Judy from California. And Judy, welcome to the show. Hi. You're on with Karen today. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you. I actually had a session in person with Karen. I want to say 12 or 13 years ago, and it was amazing. So I, I am on the wait list, you know, to get a session again. But in this particular case, I do cat rescue as a volunteer, and I do TNR, trap, neuter, return. Um, two years ago, I trapped a, an older kitten. He was feral-ish, and I successfully tamed him, and I was just completely in love with him. And he got sick one day, took him to the vet, and she kind of, you know, hospitalized him for the day, and then did a quick once over and said, uh, well, he might have eaten a plant in your house and left it at that. So then fast forward uh, eight months, he just collapses with like, well, not literally collapsed, but he had anemia and he just overnight became so ill, took him to an ER and they transfused him. That didn't work. And they told me to go to a specialist. So $9,000 later and four days later, he died of complications with his heart because they kind of gave him too much fluids. 
so what I'm dealing with now, and I've, you know, like I have a, a ton of rescues and whatnot, but of course he was my favorite. What I'm dealing with is this, how could I not have known he was ill? Why did I listen to that first vet and assume he was fine? And had I known he was sick, I would have loved to have spent the 9000 all the months that he might have been, you know, slowly getting anemic. So it's just all of this stuff. And her books have been, your books, Karen, have been very helpful and comforting. But this was just something that I guess I have to accept and let go of. But it's so hard. So. Well, let me just jump in right here. And it's Judy, right? Yes. Well, Judy, first of all, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for being a repeat client of mine. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is so beautiful that, you know, you and I had a session 12, 13 years ago, and here you are today, you know, reaching out to me again. It truly, you, you just warm yeah. my heart over. So thank you so much for that. Um, and, and I'm hearing what you're saying, and, and this is, this might be a little hard to take in. So I need you to just stay open with me for a minute, okay? I need you to just realize that you're coming from a place of you were supposed to fix him or you were supposed to cure him or you were supposed to know that there was something wrong i'm coming from a place of energetically looking at it and as you're describing it what i'm seeing here is a beautiful example of this this angel being in your life for your own personal growth your spiritual growth and there's, there's really no harm done in anything that you've described. Your place wasn't to cure him. Your, your, your job was to take care of him and to love him and to mm -hmm. give him the best home that you could. You did that. You've succeeded. Yeah. And yeah. why were you not able to notice that something was wrong? Judy, stuff gets past me. You know, here I am, yeah. this professional animal communicator, and you, I can't even figure out when there's something wrong with one of my own pets. Yeah. It, you know, you can knock yeah. your head against the wall trying to blame yourself yeah. and punish yourself. Right. But the yeah. bottom line is that's not why they are in our lives. They're in our mm -hmm. lives because our job is to love them and care for them and give them the best life that we can. You succeeded in doing that, and that's where you have to... Mm -hmm come to the point of acceptance and say, I did what I was supposed to do. I wasn't supposed to do anything different. I, I fully mm -hmm. succeeded. And you have yeah. to trust that in the bigger picture, mm -hmm. this is yeah. something that you were meant to experience, good and bad. Mm -hmm. This is what we sign mm -hmm. up for. We sign up for yeah. these experiences. We, I'm, I'm in the process of losing one right now. He's He's mm -hmm. got a, a, an inoperable cancer. And mm -hmm. th this is part of our journey with them. It's yeah. not because we're a bad parent. It's not because you missed yeah. something. And let's face it, mm -hmm. animals are masters at covering up and masking oh, their yeah. illness. And injury, right? they really they're, ma they're masters yeah. at it. So yeah. it doesn't make you a bad mom. It makes him yeah. a great cat because he did exactly yeah. what Mother Nature intended, and that is to cover up and mask his injury and illness. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't even know there was anything going on. Welcome right. to the club right. because the same thing right. happens to me. You're in very good right. company. You're doing everything right. And if you can mm -hmm. please forgive yourself and let that go yeah. because I promise yeah. you that if you and I have a session, 
he's going to come through mm-hmm. and say nothing but wonderful things about you and what a great life you yeah. provided for him and what a great mom yeah. you are. There's not going to be anything even on the radar, not even a blip that you did mm-hmm. anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. And I, I tell you, your books are so comforting to me because really the only thing that keeps me going is the, the thought that I will, you know, be with him again or, or he's around me now and because he was my absolute favorite and I kind of tamed him, which is hard to do with an older kitten and it, it worked with him. Um, so it was just, uh, yeah. And then like anger at the vets, how could you make complicated? It's just, you know, it's just a, it was such a thing to lose a, take a cat in to an ER, a young cat. And then the next thing in four days later, he's dead. So I think that was it. It was no time to like prepare or right, have him around right. for a few months. So, but thank you so much. You're so comforting to me in, in every way. And my session with you was astonishing years ago. It really was. blew my mind. So Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And just, you know, so many people will share that same sentiment that, you know, they want to be mm-hmm. mad at someone. Some of them even get mad yeah. at me. You know, it's, it's you, just <laughs> this anger has to come out. We would need to point it somewhere, especially with lost pets. Right. They get mad at me. If I can't find them, they get mad at me. You know, it's like it, mm-hmm. it's normal. Right. It's part of being human. But what I yeah. want you to realize and everyone who's listening that has struggled with something similar, this isn't about you doing something wrong. This is about taking mm-hmm. away from this particular experience and what are you learning from it? How can you expand and grow mm-hmm. so that going mm-hmm. forward, you can take this information, this knowledge, this experience, go forward and maybe you can help another cat. Maybe you can help yeah. prepare yourself for something in the future that may come your way. This yeah. this is a learning experience for you. It's a learning experience mm-hmm. for me. Every pet we have mm-hmm. is a learning experience. You take that knowledge and you go forward with it and know in your heart mm-hmm. you did the best you could. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. And you're doing great work, Judy, with the feral cats that you're working with and doing the catch yeah. and release. And I, oh, I want to no. thank you for doing that. It's, it's oh, amazing sure. work. Stay and neuter is so essential. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's so great. Thanks for calling in. All right. Take care. And I'm glad that uh, Judy could share her story because I'm going through a, a similar situation with my cat where I'm feeling the guilt of, you know, should I keep trying to do the subcutaneous fluids, make him feel better or, or keep him going? But I, I, I just know that that's not, that's not the best, the best course. I don't, I don't want him, his last memories to be of, of hating, you know, me or my husband as we're trying to, to do something like that, you know, but you do feel guilt that you, you think you didn't do as much as you could for your pet. Cause we love them so much. It is. It's we want, true. We want them and to stay. I, <laughs> I think you would. I think there would. You would be a rare human if you didn't have some kind of feeling of remorse, or did I make the right decisions, or did I do everything right by them? I think you know. Even me. Look at. Look at my job. Look what I do for a living, and yet I still have those same feelings. I rack my brain sometimes. Okay. You know, did I miss something? What were the clues? I'm, I'm obviously more in tune now than I've ever been. But again, I'm not placed on this earth to cure every animal that I have. I'm placed on this earth to provide for them the best environment I possibly can and to manage them throughout their lives the best that I can and to help them. And we are human. We, we make 
decisions and choices. We don't do it with in the intention to harm them. We do it with the intention to do everything right, but there's some things that are just out of our control. Right. We, we simply can't control everything. And you had mentioned that you do believe that our animals will be there on the other side. And do you think, what do you think is their experience? Like, what do you believe is, is an animal's experience of being in that other consciousness or that other dimension? Okay, you ready for this? Imagine yeah. <laughs> that you're a kid and you get out of school and it's the first day of summer and you get to do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. You have no curfew. You have no rules. You have no regulations. You don't have to show up anywhere at any time. You are just free to do whatever you want to do. And you're surrounded by total love and beauty. And everything is endless summer. That's what it's like. And there's just feelings of love and security and, and obviously no pain because they're out of their bodies that have, have broken down or are not useful anymore. Um, but there's still the emotional connection, right? So we can be, in, an, in a sense, reunited with them when we do cross over. Oh, the, we're bonded. So we have basically what I call a soul's code. So your code is like that barcode on the back of a, you know, item like it you buy at the grocery store that they scan. So you have a code and your pets have a code. You guys share this soul code. So your souls will always recognize each other. You'll recognize each other in this lifetime. You'll recognize each other in future lifetimes. You will always be connected. And there's never going to be a time where you'll be separated you know there's there's it just can't happen there's so much love there it, the bonds of love are so strong that nothing separates them from us the only thing that separates is they aren't physically here anymore that's the only separation energetically they're still connected and they always will be and i've had some signs from previous pets and i don't know if other people have list maybe some listeners have experienced this too where i've had dreams of my previous pets, especially one cat that I had for a long time named Tony. And in the dream, he could talk, you know, <laughs> like like humans talk. Uh, it, it was amazing. I'm like, oh, this is such a great sign that Tony left me. But our animals can make those, leave those kind of signs, right? They can um, share that kind of information with us, right? So we should be looking for those things, dreams oh. and things like that. Dreams are the number one way that our pets and our departed loved ones communicate with us because our brains are in a relaxed state and we're more open to receive a visit. And the afterlife is actually very much like being in that dream state because you know how, Diane, in your dreams you can fly, you can go underwater, you can you know do whatever you want in your dream. It's very similar in the afterlife. There's there's no limitation. There's no physical limitation. There's no gravity limitation. You can do whatever it is that you want. And so our pets come to us in our dreams. They let us know that they're near. And, but let me explain. There's a difference between a vivid visitation dream and dreaming about something that maybe brings up a, a bad memory. Like I have some clients reach out to me and say, Karen, I had a horrible dream about my pet. She was crying and she was in so much pain you know what does this mean what does this mean that 
uh, you know, is she visiting me, telling me she's in pain? No, that's not a dream visitation. That's that's just a dream. That's your your subconscious mind trying to work through a trauma. A, a dream visitation is beautiful. It's like you're with them, you're holding them, you're loving them, they're you're petting them, you're together. It's very real. It's when you wake up and it, and you just look around expecting to see them. That's a dream visitation. Uh, not to confuse the two. So um, there's really, that's the number one way to watch for a sign. The other thing is if your pet passes away, if you suddenly get like the thought of them in your mind, let's say you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you just start thinking about your beloved pet and you get all teary and emotional, you may think that that's you thinking of them that's actually them coming to you saying hey i'm here and your soul is recognizing their soul and reconnecting with them in that moment and you mentioned in the book about reincarnation and i never thought about that in regard to pets and do you i mean you really believe that's possible that they can that they can reincarnate well, I didn't believe it at one time. <laughs> I thought that was all a bunch of hooey. I was like, come on, give me a break. Um, I'm a believer now. And I'm a believer because of what the animals have told me and the validations that have come through. And purely through the communication sessions I've conducted. So, of course, a, a past life experience is impossible to validate. You can't validate a past life any more than you can validate a future life. Um, it's just, you can't do it. But in my communication sessions, I've had pets come through and tell me that they were ready to return. They wanted to return. They gave me clues and details about where they were going to be, how their mom or dad would find them, what they would look like. And specific information about who would be involved even down to the day of the week that they would be found or adopted and it all turned out to be true it's hard to wrap your head around if you're a left brain person if you're an analytical thinker that's really hard to wrap your brain around and I struggled with it but it kept happening over and over again I kept getting this these messages from these animals and they kept coming through with these details that ended up being true and it just really fascinates me so am i a believer now yes was i a complete non-believer in pet reincarnation before yes <laughs> but again to the eye rollers out there i want to say unless you've experienced it for yourself i get it it's really hard to wrap your head around and you know some of this you may just need to take one spoonful at a time but if you're on an enlightened journey, if your spiritual path is leading you into things that can't really be explained by science or don't have a, you know, a, a black and white, you know, it's either this or that, you know, this kind of work is very gray. There, there isn't an exact science to it, although it is based on telepathy and quantum physics, but it, there's such a gray area gray is in the color gray that you really have to have your own experience or you have to be open to have your own experience or know that the afterlife is real it's all around us it's not in some faraway place it's not up in the clouds it's all around us and our loved ones our pets and our departed human loved ones are always near 
They are continuing on their spiritual journey on the other side, but they check in with us. They know what we're doing. They love us. They love when we talk about them. They love when we think about them, remember them, and they want us to live a full and happy and complete life. They don't want us to be in pain. They don't want us to struggle with our grief. They want us to move through our grief as soon as we can because it's kind of selfish here, but they benefit directly when you're happy because they can absorb that happiness from our energy. So they benefit when we're happy. I'm a believer. I think that energy still will, will continue on. And if you have that bond with the animal, there's there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to connect with that energy again in the future. And, you know, yeah, it does sound kind of crazy <laughs> that, you know, an animal can reincarnate, but you know, hey, I'm I'm open to to seeing if that if that's the case. I just think it's so fascinating. And the work that you're doing is so incredible. And you had said earlier that you're you're booked up right now for people that might want to have a session with you. So I mean, are you booked like for the next year or so? Well, I'm actually not taking any clients right now because I'm working on the next book. And I also have several other projects that I'm working on. So I my calendar is closed right now for appointments. But I do have uh, basically like what Judy said, there's the waiting list I created is my VIP family, either um, through my mobile app, which you can download and get updates on when my calendar will open, or you can opt in on my website of karenanderson.net and become part of my VIP family and get updates as to when my calendar will open. Uh, but it, it's really, truly, um, you know, such a personal experience. And what, what I would say to anyone who's interested and wants to find out more is go check out my website or my Facebook pages. I have practice groups for beginners. If you think you're already communicating or you want to remember how to communicate with animals, I have a Facebook page where you can hop on and practice right there. We do live weekly trainings. I have an online course. I mean, there's so many options and avenues for you. I'm here to help you on your journey. I'm here to help you open up to the fact that the afterlife is real and your departed pets are always near, either through my books, through sessions, through my courses or Facebook pages. Well, I hope people reach out and get in touch with you. The work you're doing is amazing, and you've given me some comfort in what I'm going through with my own my own pets, my own beloved Georgie. So thank you so much, Karen Anderson, for being a guest today. And check out Karen online and pick up the book, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. I really loved it. Thanks for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy smith and Meredith Tollison. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.